opportunity to be in your house we just pray God that you would uh, just speak to every heart today God we thank you for this year that we've been through we look forward to the year that is to come God we just pray that you would be with each and every one I pray for brother Darrell's he deliver, uh, delivers your word today speak through him in Jesus name we pray amen With the words in him, how you leave the ninety-nine to find the one missing feels like that was written with me on your mind. And the prodigal son who Father came running to me. Did you say that with me on your mind? Who am I that the king of the world would give one single thought about my broken heart? Who am I that the God of all grace wipes the tears from my face and says, Come as you are? You paid the price. Took the cross, and you gave your life, and you did it all with me on your mind. Oh, me on your mind. Oh, 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 oh,
this song specifically for today because it was on my mind all week and I I thought this is the perfect song to start off the new year Um, because as as I look back at the year and a lot of y'all can probably agree with me and say yeah I I think that too as I look back through the last year I can see the evidence of God's goodness all over my life and we do that a lot but we look back and we say oh I can see God's goodness now in all of those situations and all those people you brought into my life and all those situations you turned around and everything you brought me out of, everything you got me through, I can see your goodness in it. Um, and I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful for that. But my goal for myself throughout this new year is to not wait until the end of the year to look back and then see the evidence of God's goodness in my life. I want to see it right then. No matter how joyful or happy the situation or how dire or terrible the situation is, I want to see the evidence of God's goodness right then as I'm going through it. Sometimes that's really hard to do, but it's there. I mean, the evidence of his goodness is always there, no matter the situation, no matter how hard or how great it is. So that's just, that's my goal for this new year. So um, I hope you can Share that goal, share that challenge with me, and we can just praise God through this song for all the goodness throughout the next year and all the goodness um, that's going to be in the new year because it doesn't matter what's going to happen in this new year. The evidence of his goodness is going to be there because he is good all the time, no matter what, and we know that he's going to be with us every step of the way throughout the new year. All throughout my history Your faithfulness has walked beside me Winter storms made way for spring In every season from where I'm standing All over my life, all over my life. Help me remember when I'm weak. Fear may come, but fear will leave. You lead my heart to victory. You are my strength, and you always will be. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. 
the breakthrough when I'm breaking down you'll be working away I wonder if there's one person looking for one person who will come up here to this microphone right here that has a word of praise. Just one person. You're it. You're it. Tag, you're it. Give me just a second. Matt, this is a MC mic. Can you make it hot? I've done shared this with Brother Darrell in the class this morning, but I've got a friend up in the hills at Hardy that was diagnosed with cancer head to toe. He is eat up with it. And he went back to the doctor three weeks ago, and they told him he was cancer-free. And the doctor says, I cannot. The doctor told him, he said, I cannot explain it. He said, I can't tell you why there's no signs of cancer. And he said, I can. I got a hillbilly buddy that prays for me. And he said, there's a Lord up there that's answering prayers. All right. All right. Uh, the last couple of weeks we've done something different. Last Sunday was Christmas Eve. Today is the last... Sunday of the year, the last message of the year. So typically we've been going through the book of Matthew and Matthew chapter 5. It took a break last couple weeks. Last message of the year, I've been thinking about this one for about six months. About six months ago, I pretty much knew this is what I would do. So today, uh, this one time only, Luke chapter 15, 1 through 7 the story of the lot 100th sheep. I kind of got that 100th sheep. I was waiting in my uh, veterinary office waiting room, which uh, with my veterinary, it's a cultural experience to wait in the waiting room there. The lady sitting across from me had a sweatshirt on. It said, I am the 100th sheep. Okay, I don't know if anybody else in the room got it, but I did. I knew, I, I knew exactly what she meant. I am the 100th sheep, and I just wasn't bold enough to go up to her and say, I, I am too, okay? Uh, so Luke chapter 15, 1 through 7, take a little bit of a break. We'll change the screen here a little bit. This is a scene from the Christmas meal, okay? Uh, I came, I, we've never really had a Christmas meal quite like this one. The food went out as fast as I've ever seen it go out. Uh, we ran out like I've never seen us run out. So I was on my last, de de my last de delivery, excuse me, and I came back in and I hadn't eaten yet. So I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not only hungry, I'm hungry, okay? And so, I, hey, you know, is, is there anything left? And they took me over to the table and that's what was left. There's a half bowl of spaghetti and that in the middle, I guess you can read it, maybe you can or can't, is Spam. Okay, 
Spaghetti and Spam are not on the menu, and I have no idea where the spaghetti came from. I have no idea where the, where the Spam came from. But I said, hey, I was hungry, and the spaghetti looked pretty good. I said, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and eat the spaghetti, and I might eat Spam or maybe not. And they said, no, you can't. I said, we've got six more plates to fill, fill. and so I didn't get to eat. So that whoever got six plates of spaghetti and Spam. Okay, so that's just kind of, to me, that's kind of the classic picture of what that Christmas meal was like. Does anybody in the room, did anybody in the room know where the spaghetti came from? Anybody? Okay, so she brought the spam too. Okay, you know what spam spam is actually an acronym, right? Something posing as meat. <laughs> okay. I didn't get anything that that day, but that's okay. That's okay. That was just uh, that was one crazy day, and uh, anyway, kind of the iconic p- picture of 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 last Sunday. All right, Luke chapter fifteen, one through seven, the one hundredth sheep. Read along with me. There's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements. Um, very familiar story to a lot of you. As we read along, I want to stop, not stop, but emphasize a couple things along the way that I want to talk about. Kind of, This is the year end, kind of what the year's been like and what I think will continue. Okay, here we go. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to hear him. So they all drew near to Jesus. All the tax collectors, the sinners, drew near to hear him. That's Jesus. The Pharisees and the scribes, the church people, so all the, this, all the sinners are coming to hear Jesus. The church people, the Pharisees and the scribes, complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So the church people, I mean, the sinners came to Jesus just to be with him and to eat with him, and the church people start complaining about it, okay? Move on. So because of that, he spoke this parable to them saying, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, here's how I want you to see this word. And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. You see that? It's going to come up again. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me. There, there it is again. Rejoice with who? Rejoice with me, the shepherd says. Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. There's a couple of, there's, there's three points I want to make, three thoughts I want to give you. I don't like calling them points. Uh, there's three thoughts I want to give you. The first two I'm going to go through pretty fast because the last thought is the one I really want you to leave with. I want it to get into all of our heart. 
The first one is kind of, it is a reminder, and I've already, I've already emphasized it. The sinners were coming to Jesus. They ate, ate with him. He spent time with them, and because of that, the people, the, 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 the Pharisees, the scribes, the leaders of the church got upset with him. So we're, look, we're going to look at the next screen. Reach them or complain about them, but you can't do both. All right, this is a reminder. We're a lot better at this than what we, what we used to be, but we do not complain about people we're trying to reach, okay? I'll say that again, and you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it again. You've heard it before. It's nothing new, but we, all of us, my, myself included especially, I need to be reminded. Of, I need to read this story every once in a while and remind myself that, that I, I do not need to be complaining about the people that we're trying to reach. You can complain about them or reach them, but you can't do both. So we're not going to complain about people that were that are coming into our church to find Jesus. They, they don't act like us. They don't look like us. They don't smell like us. They don't eat like Some of them like spam, all right? They, they're, just, they're just not like me, all right? That's okay because we're not trying to, to reach people to be like me. So we can't. We can either reach them or complain about them, but we can't do both. When I think about this, I'm going to just leave you with, with two little, uh, little analogies and we'll move on. But there's things that might help you think. I call it the, the mad mechanic. The mad mechanic is the one who looks outside his shop and, and somebody else drives up to have their car fixed and he looks outside it, looks at that and said, man, I'm so tired. I am so tired of, try, of fixing cars that are broken. I'm so tired of it. I wish somebody would just bring me a car that didn't need to be fixed. That's the mad mechanic. Buddy, that's your job. That's your job. Okay, why would anybody come to you with a car that doesn't need to be fixed? I'm so tired of fixing broken cars. That's what we do. And so that would be the insanity of a mechanic looking outside his shop saying, oh, no, another one. You know, that's what your business is, the mad mechanic or the deranged doctor looks out into the waiting room, kind of like when I was sitting in, sitting in the, the vet, veterinary off, office. Oh, no, another sick one. You know, I, I am so tired of sick people coming to see me. You're a doctor. That's what you do. I wish some, I wish some healthy people would come. How many of you have just felt so good and just being so healthy and so on top of it, say, I want to make a doctor's appointment just to tell my doctor how good I feel. You know, my doctor would say, that's great. Here, pay, pay, pay me for it. I don't care. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who my doctor is. A lot of you know him. The mad mechanic, the deranged doctor, where they get upset because sick cars come to them, sick people come to them. It's, it's the church the insanity of a church who gets upset because sinners come and they don't act like us and they don't look like us and that's great. Look, if they're already like me, if they're already like the, the, the mature disciples amongst us, if, if they're already like us, why would we need to reach them? Jesus said, I didn't come to heal the healthy because that doesn't make sense. I've not come to heal the healthy. I've come to heal the sick. And we're looking for that one sheep 
that's lost. And this whole parable was given because church people were complaining about people that there should be reaching. Okay, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're going to reach out to people with love and not complain about them, but to reach them. And here's why. We, we move on to the, to the next one. Um, I made a point to really emphasize who's, who's rejoicing in the story. Is it the sheep? No. Now, I'm not saying the sheep isn't happy to be found, but that's not what the story says. I'm sure he is. Maybe. But not all lost sheep want to be found. Not all lost sheep want the shepherd to find them. Some sheep are lost, and they don't care that they're lost. Some sheep are lost, and they're hiding from the shepherd. They've gotten behind a bush. They don't want the shepherd to find them. So, I mean, there's all kinds of scenarios there about what the sheep thinks, but Jesus doesn't concentrate on that. He says it twice. It's the shepherd that's rejoicing. It's the shepherd that's rejoicing. God is rejoicing. The angels in, the, the angels in heaven are are rejoicing. I'm going to take this another way. Bernard de Clairvaux, I think it's pronounced. He, this, I'm going to use an example that's not the point of the message, but I want to use what he says. And if you're looking at your hard copy, it's got all four and one. We've got to put all four. We've got to split it into two screens. Bernard of Clairvaux was talking about learning to love yourself. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about this morning, but I want to use something that he says because it, it, uh, it applies. He's talking about learning to love yourself, and he talks about four steps, four steps to learn to love yourself. Now, for some of you, this may help you as much as anything, even though that's not really the point. But four steps to learning to love yourself. It starts at number one, and it goes to number four. Number one is where you start at. Number four is where you want to end up at. Learning to love yourself. Loving ourselves for our own sake. That's where we start out at. Learning to love ourselves for our own sake. The next one is loving God for our own sake. You see, the, 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 the first two, nothing wrong with it. That's where you get started, but it's all for our own sake. But somewhere along the line, we grow past that, and that's where number three and four come in. The third one, that going, kind of going up the next stage, is loving God for God's sake. And then the fourth one, where we all want to get to, is loving ourselves for God's sake. Now, the message is not about loving ourselves, but I want you to look at number three and four, how they end up for God's sake. It's learning to not complain about people that we reach. Matt, just go ahead and put the last one up. Even though we're not going to like every sheep we're trying to find, we're not going to click with every sheep we're trying to find. We maybe not get along with every sheep we're trying to find. We may not like them. We may not, it may just not, it may be hard work along the way. And, uh, but why are we doing it? For Jesus' sake. It's the shepherd who is rejoicing. It's for Jesus' sake. 
there's no way around it being human like we are. Even the best of us, even the most committed of us, even the most faithful of us, even the most discipled of us disciples have bad days. I do. I have those days I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to reach anybody. Uh, in Arkansas, we would say it like this, I'm just give out. I have those days, I'm just give out. But I don't stay there. Because it's not about me. And it's not about doing it for me. It's not about trying to find that lost sheep for me. But for the good shepherd who's over the whole thing. It's for his sake. I'm doing it for Jesus' sake. What's that mean? Because Jesus asked me to do it. Because Jesus called me to do it. Because Jesus, that lost sheep, is ultimately his lost sheep. And he's got me in this under-shepherd role to go out and help to find that sheep. And there's just some days I don't want to. And there's some days I don't feel like it. And I'm just not as up to it as some other days. That's okay because that's the humanity of all these people who are in the shepherding role that God's got going out looking for sheep. Some of them are really, they're having a good day. They want to find that sheep. And some just, you know, I'm doing the best I can, but I'm really not into it. And that's okay. But we do it, we go and do it anyway. Do you think that every Sunday I'm just rip, roaring ready to preach? No. Okay, if you think so, I fooled you really, really well. No. No. There's some Sundays I just don't feel like it. Why are you doing it? It's not really ultimately even for you. And it's not ultimately for me. Who's it for? Jesus' sake. Because he asked me to do it. Because he asked me to do it. Because he called me to do it. And so good days bad days. I'm sorry. I'm going to be here, okay, because Jesus asked me to do it. Ultimately, it's for Jesus' sake. There may be some really committed, faithful disciples in the room right now who need to hear that because you feel like, you know, I, I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of, okay, but it's not about you. It's about the one who called you. All the pastor friends of mine who call me and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm just ready to quit. The first thing I always ask, did Jesus tell you to quit? Did, did, did Jesus tell you to quit? Well, no, I just, I just feel, okay, no. Did Jesus tell you to quit? Until Jesus tells you to quit, the word for all disciples is what? Go. <laughs> Go. Teach. Bab baptize. Make disciples. Go. Until he tells you to stop. Go. All right? Okay. That's for Jesus' sake. I was going to go through those first two pretty fast. The last one. Okay. This is where uh, this last year. I'm going to expand the parable a little bit. And uh, a parable is just a story intending to teach a lesson, to teach a truth. 
So I'm going to expand the parable a little bit. This is kind of what I've seen this last year, okay? And I knew about six months ago because of some things that ha happened and have happened since that, that this was probably what I was going to say. I want you to, I want to expand the parable a little bit. So there's a fold of 100 sheep, okay? One of the sheep gets lost. The shepherd leaves the, nine, leaves the 99, goes to find the one. That's how... That's how much he loves that one sheep. He's desperate for that one sheep. The truth is, there are a lot of a hundred sheep folds out there. There's not just one. There's a lot of them. There's a hundred sheep fold here, a hundred sheep fold here. You get the story. You get the picture, the parable. There's a lot of a hundred sheep folds. I'm part of one. So when we're out there looking for that one lost sheep, what's that mean? There's a lot of lost sheep out there. Okay, I've got my sight set on one of them. But I found this year, and, and I'm not going to go into specifics because a lot of you are sitting here. And there are some people who, who may be watching online that is in this story, so I'm not going to get specific so I'm out looking for that one lost sheep, but while I'm looking for that one lost sheep, see, there's a lot of hundred sheep folds, and they have a lost sheep. So while I'm out looking for that one lost sheep that I know that's out there, whoa, here's another one that I wasn't looking for. Where'd he come from? But there's another lost sheep. Oh, wait a minute. I wasn't even expecting that one, but there's... There's one that I wasn't even, I mean, okay, I don't just walk past that lost sheep because I'm looking for the, oh, what, I, what the, the attitude I don't want to have is, well, all right, you're not the sheep I was look, looking for. You're not the sheep I was th thinking of. You're not the sheep I was praying for. And so I'm going to walk past you to get to the one that I was looking for. No, 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 no. All these lost sheep, the shepherd, is, the shepherd has us looking for them. So there's a whole lot of lost sheep out there. You know about one. You're praying about one. You're searching for that one. And that's good, and I want you to keep that up. But on the search, you're going to run across another one. And you, So I don't want you to, I don't think the Lord wants us to just walk by that one that's just right in my path. So an example, I was gonna I was gonna go see a friend of mine who's who's uh, for me in my world in my fold. He's the one hundredth sheep. He's outside the fold. So I'm I'm trying to reach him. I want to reach him. I'm praying for him. I've been praying for him. He's one of those week after week when we have our prayer time and and we pray about spiritual needs. He's on my mind. Okay, that's still true, but he, I haven't found him. You know what I mean? He hadn't budged. So I'm in my truck. I'm driving to see him, just talk to him, just trying to reach him. On the way to his house, a neighbor steps out in the road and waves me down. And come on in, come on in. He has something he wants me to help him with, and then he wants to talk to me about things. I wasn't looking for him. Where, where, where did he come from? I'm not, he's not the one I went to talk to. 
but he waved me down. Come on in, and, and I need some help with this. And then we talked, and then something else happened in his life, like maybe the next month, and he calls me in, in tears. He's not the sheep I was, I was looking for. He's not the one that was on my mind. I wasn't even praying for him. I didn't know he needed it. But there he was. The whole year has been like that. The people I thought would respond don't, didn't, haven't. The, thought, the people I thought would come don't, haven't. Maybe they will. I haven't given up. I, everybody knows the answer. How long? When do we give up on anybody? Never. All right? It, I haven't given up on that man down the road. But I know that there's another sheep lives right next door to him that I didn't know. And now I do. I wasn't looking for him. But there, there he is. There's all kinds of lost sheep out there. The older I get, and you can disagree with me, that's, that's okay, but the older you get, I think you'll, I think you'll come to the same conclusion. I've just, I've just given up on random. I don't think there is such a thing. I don't, I, I've given up on accidental or coincidental. I don't, I don't think there is such a thing. I think there's a sovereign God in heaven who's in charge of everything. And every one. And if a sparrow falls from the tree, he knows it. If you lose a hair on your head, he knows it. And he knows the number of the hair. Not the, not the number of your hairs. He's got the, the hair numbered. Somebody lost number 38 this morning. He know there's nothing that he does not know. There's nothing. He, sa he said, if a sparrow falls, do you not think that I care about that? Yes. I, I have given up on random. There is no such thing. Now, you may not agree with that. That's okay, but that does not change God. And it does not change the un, <laughs> not a word, the unrandomness of God. He is a sovereign God who knows, who cares, who understands. And as I was driving to that one lost sheep that I was looking for, he could see the neighbor stepping out in the road, wave, waving me down before the neighbor ever did that. God knew the neighbor was going to do that. It's a kind of a joke, but I, I love the picture of G, Jesus the Son standing next or sitting next to God the Father and God the Father el elbowing him saying, watch this. Watch this. This is coming up and you're going to enjoy this. He knows what's coming next. He sees it before I do. He sees it before you do. He's not shocked by it. He's not surprised by it. He already knew it. I just didn't. Now my thing is, so I'm walking along the road and God knows his neighbor's going to step out waving his hand, and he's waiting for me to respond to that. Who is the person for you to reach? And the answer is the next one. Not necessarily the one you're thinking about. That's been this last year not necessarily the one you're thinking about.
Some of you started coming to church this last year. just blew my mind. I was not expecting you at all. Some that I really was praying for have not decided to come yet. I don't know what they're going to, going to do. They are, have not received Jesus yet. I don't know what they're going to do. I haven't given up on them. But I know that there are thousands of sheep out there. Thousands of sheep out there. And the Lord has me and you on this journey to find them. And it may not be expected at all. You may not have been praying about them at all. It's just that under-shepherd, me and you, who are w willing to say, you know, God put this person in my path. I'm not just going to pretend I don't see them. And I'm not going to bypass this lost sheep because I'm on my way to find the one I've been praying for. You know what? We can get them both. <laughs> we can get them both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. We can get them both, okay? The most important person for you to reach is the next one. I'd like for the musicians to come, and we're going to pray. I'm going to invite our congregation to stand. So, I've got two things. You can come anytime, anywhere, anytime, and pray at our altars about anything. But I've got a couple things for you to think about. It's not complicated at all. And that is praying for someone else that you've already been praying for, but you're going to keep on praying for them. They are the lost sheep, the 100th sheep, and you're burdened for them. And you have been, and you are, and you're going to continue to, and we're not giving up on them. And this morning, you may be here this morning, uh, you're burdened, you just, I want to come this morning again and pray for them. Because I am not giving up on them. I've got that man on my mind right now that I was going to go see and was stopped along the way. I'm not giving up on him. I'm going to continue to pray for him. I need to pray for him this morning. You may have other sheep, though, that are now coming to mind. Somebody that the Lord has let along your path at school, at work, just somewhere in your life. There are people that have crossed your path that you weren't expecting, and now you feel the burden to pray for them. You really hadn't been, but now you feel a burden for them. There are people that, uh, you know, the unexpected. I didn't see that coming, but now I do. Now I do. And I want to pray for them. So it's a time to pray for others. The last one, though, it's a time to pray for yourself. Interesting fact, some of you will say, oh, that's not true. I can only find one verse in the Bible. And it's Romans chapter 10, verse 1. 
I can only find one verse in the Bible that instructs us to pray for people who are lost. Now, you go home, and I encourage you to prove that wrong because that means you'll get in your Bible and try, all right? And that's what I want you to do. I can only think of one verse in the Bible that specifically talks about praying for people who are lost, specifically. But you knew there was going to be that, right? But there is verse after verse after verse of godly people in the Bible saying, but pray for me as I share the gospel. Pray for me that I will be bold in sharing the gospel. Paul and the other apostles and, and disciples prayed that over and over, or, or said that over and over. Pray for me as we share the gospel. Pray for me as, as I step into that situation. Pray for me that I would have the words to say to the per person who's lost. So the, the Bible overwhelmingly does not talk so much about praying for the person who's lost. It talks about praying for the, the disciple who's reaching the person who's lost. And maybe you haven't thought about that much. Now, I want you to pray for that person who's lost, but who else do we need to be praying for? Us. Me. God, give me the words. God, give me the heart. God, give me the burden. God, change me. Change me. As you are changing them, God, change me that I can reach them. God, help me. So I want you to come and pray for people that you, the, the Lord may have led along your path. But now you know what? The Bible overwhelmingly says, pray for me, pray for ourselves. So you may need to come and, and pray for yourself. God, help me. Strengthen me, burden me, give me the words. God, help me, help me. Whatever the need may be. Someone else, yourself, both. For me, it's both. You need to come, want to come to an altar this morning and pray as we try to find that 100th sheep. As the band plays and sings, we invite you to come and pray.